0: This is the Music Buzz
1: Podcast.
0: The Music Buzz Podcast features candid discussions with and about those behind the scenes in the music business, including industry veterans representing the segments of musician, design, and live. All three Music Buzz podcast hosts have spent their careers working with the biggest names in entertainment and have been and are still a fly on the wall. Dane Clark, as the drummer for John Mellencamp's band for over 20 years and various solo projects. Hugh Sign, a world-renowned graphic artist with the biggest names in music and the corporate world. Andy Wilson, an award-winning marketing and public relations executive with over 20 years of combined multi-level entertainment industry experience in the music and sports business. Let's buzz.
2: Hello, and welcome back to the Music Buzz podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Andy Wilson, along with Dane Clark and also Hugh Syme. Today, we welcome to the Music Buzz podcast, legendary pop star, Tiffany. She shot to the top of the charts in the late 80s with songs like I Think We're Alone Now and Could Have Been and Hasn't Looked Back Since. Her 11 song new album, which is awesome and really good, is uh, called Shadows and features a new tune as well called I Like the Rain. So welcome to the Music Buzz, Tiffany.
3: Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Sorry, guys. Having my little coffee just got in from the road from Cape Cod to Nashville. So yeah, here we
2: are. You're based in Nashville, you say?
3: I am. Yeah. We're originally from LA, but been living in Nashville for quite some time now. So, but I'm here, we're always on the road. So it is quite nice to be definitely at home.
1: Be back at home every once in a while. That's a good thing, right?
3: It's really nice just to be here for a minute and then we take off again. So, a little unloading. I'm remodeling my kitchen right now because I'm a foodie as well. I'm remodeling to upgrade so I can be more zhuzh for my cooking club.
2: More zhuzh. Nice. I like that word.
1: I was listening to your brand new project, Shadows. Wow. What a great record. Thank you. It's been a long time since I'd heard your music, and uh, it's nice to get reacquainted. And I guess I had taken for granted what a really great singer you are.
4: Oh, thank you. I have to pipe in and say, I am actually borderline ashamed of how little I knew about how great your voice is. When I was listening to the same album today, I mean, I was hearing the power of Annie Wilson, the grace of Annie Lynn, and the warmth, the soul of like Stevie Nicks and so on. You, you, you actually blew me away. I mean, it was a beautifully arranged album. Did you write everything on that
3: album? I did. Yeah. I don't play any instruments. My producer, they, the guys, they all do the, the music. And I just, I literally am next door in Rockfields in Wales, which, you know, is magical there. And I'm literally in the kitchen, like creating a roast or something, writing lyrics away. And then we have this big battle at the end of it. Who's going to make this bigger creation? Um, And, you know, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how the writing process is. But I'm very proud of this album. And I'm so thrilled that people are getting the message and starting to, to love it.
2: These guys aren't always that nice, so I can tell you they must actually like it.
3: We're we're rarely this nice if ever. Well, thank you.
2: You're in
1: Wales, so you're you've got a constant co-write thing going there while you're recording. So you're writing and cooking while the band's working on the arrangements or whatever, and then boom, that's very cool. We
3: get in the studio about 11 and then they start, you know, we've kind of worked out some parts or whatever for the night before and then they start creating and I go in and out and I listen and I you know record on my phone and then I go back to the kitchen and I'm singing away in there and writing and revising. And then somewhere, you know, we all do a scratch vocal usually by the end of the night before we have our late dinner. Um, and some of those scratch vocals like Bed of Nails, the last cut on the album, um, one of those big ballads was actually a one take vocal supposed to be a scratch. But I gave it hell.
1: <laughs> that's great.
3: And you can't recreate that sometimes. So that's the goal.
1: Sometimes there's a passion that goes into that first take, whether it's a singer or a drummer or a guitar player or whatever, that it's it's hard to recapture. You can even sit there and try to do it like for a whole day. Oh, we did. And n- not get back. No,
3: I think it was the, you know, again, it was the lyrics. It was all of it. Um, and, the you know, again, I have hungry, a hungry bunch of boys looking at me. So it was like, oh, let's do this. But also it was that urgency. I hadn't sang those lyrics before and it is such a vulnerable song. And if you if you listen to it, it just keeps going and getting built, you know, build and build. And I'm thinking, shit, how am I going to make this exciting but not overkill? And I just opened up and sang. And that's what you hear. And, you know, it's one of those wonderful liberating moments as a musician where you just go. Fuck it! I'm just gonna have a good time, and whatever happens, happens. And you know, you don't, you're not afraid to fall. Yeah,
1: and you're trusting your instincts, and that's what you have to do. It's cool,
3: it's cool that that's what made the record. It was meant to be. So, yay!
1: <laughs> you used the word vulnerable, and and I was
4: thinking earlier how true your voice is, how inside the emotion you are. When I was listening, speaking of your ballads, I was really struck by how well you do melancholy. I'll meet you anywhere. Yeah, that's a great one. I love you and bed of nails. They're all remarkable songs. And so often we find sort of songs throughout our listening experience that sort of speaks to the litmus test of a really good power ballad and songs like Foreigners, Lou Graham's performance of I Wanna Know What Love Is and so on. You do capture all of that, that energy and that believable intimacy and, and like you say, the vulnerability. Bravo on this album.
3: Well, I appreciate I mean a lot of the songs really just come from my living my experience, you know, my life, divorce finding new love the complications of that all of it are on this record and i think you know again being a songwriter has meant the world to me because i wanted to write in the earlier albums and i was really kind of pushed aside to not want to do that so it's been something i've been creating on the side with bandmates they're the first ones that allowed me to create and just show and you know and kind of encourage and and And, you know, help me in my early career. So that's always been the process. Now to be a songwriter and all of that, it means the world to me to be writing these songs. It's my therapy. I'll tell you that much.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're not alone there, I think it is, for every songwriter.
2: We were talking earlier about, I was looking over, like, going back to 1987. We actually did an episode earlier in the year with Hugh where we were talking to him about all these records that he had worked on and done album covers for over the years. In 1987, he did the the cover for the famous White Snake album, Rush, Hold Your Fire. There was a couple others, there was like from that year, I can't remember what else there was, but quite a few. You in 1987, I mean, obviously blew open the doors and your career just went to the stratosphere, right? Can you take us back to what that must have been like? I have to ask mentally, I mean, just to be part of that. And very few people have been part of that, but you definitely were. (laughs) What was 1987 like for you from your eyes?
3: Oh, a wild ride. I mean, I was just riding the wave. I didn't have any reference. So just being me. I mean, I think I was completely taken back every time I went to a different country and they knew something about me. Not just the music, but that I loved, you know, olive pizza or what, whatever it is, and they wanted to know about me as a person. That really made the most impression on me, Uh, and yet it was freaky at the same time, Uh, you know. But it was really the bonding that I have with my fans. I mean, these people are still Tiff fans; they're part of the family, and they've supported me and watching me go in this direction, this more edgy direction. I, you know, I've been saying for a while, here's where we're going, you know, and I've been doing my little videos and showing the rehearsals with the band and going, you know, it's going to be okay. I'm going to come back and give you a big old hug, but we are doing more edgy stuff, but we are breaking ground. Um, And so now the fans are like, they're so thrilled again to have this music out now, finally. But I mean, the early days, I feel kind of the same way now. You're just riding the wave. I mean, it's like, you know, you just kind of do what you have the best you're informed with at that moment. Enjoy it. Be grateful. You know, mean it's it is work at the end of the day. And, there's you know, you can always complain or be disappointed. I think that's the difference is back then it was like I could do no wrong because I, I had there was nothing I hadn't accomplished. Once you accomplish something, if you don't always accomplish that standard, everybody goes, oh, sorry. I'm like, why? Sorry you know, I went through a period, I think, where I I also was like, why am I saying sorry that I was 14, recorded an album, made it to number one, sold millions of copies toward the world. Like, what is the drag about that? Why do I feel bad? There's This is what dream really happens like that. I'm a very lucky girl. So I've never really let the industry bum me out, if you will. And I just, Stick to my fans and my and my friends and my family and good musicians and hopefully do better music every time I release an album.
4: Speaking of albums, the new Shadows cover is very clever. You know, elegantly minimal. I love the cutout and the way the cutout casts the shadow, which is obviously the gag, but it's very clever.
3: Well, I worked with an amazing artist, Super Simple, in the UK. He has, has he's an artist, uh, on and on and on. And I can talk about him, musician and has his own paint company so we're doing jackets together and we're a lot of different art projects but he designed the album cover and the vinyl which is coming and it's very cool because it's kind of like an origami experience taking it back a little bit it pops up and it you know if you put it in a certain place the, the, the light can shine through it but you can change the picture there's three different options so we kind of got like a little pop art with it because this this album, although it is edgy and it's you know it's rock for me, it still has a little wink, wink back to retro. So we wanted to show that in some of the artwork on the album, as that and keeping it kind of fun as well.
4: Can you share that artist's name with us?
3: Stuart Simple. He, you can find him on TiffanyTunes.com. There's all the links straight to him as well, and he is amazing. Uh, and I really hope to be doing more things with him, more gallery shows. And we've got lots of things planned. Uh, and he's working my own color of paint for me. So I feel pretty cool. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what hue? I mean, what what is it close to?
3: I think we're working on a blue, which is very positive, very energetic color. I love that. And then we've been making great jackets because I do one-of-a-kind jacket pieces um, for charity for Children's Miracle Network but also for fans when I can. So they're all hand painted by me. So I'm using his paints now and you know and again in covid so many dots were connecting that just go well it's meant to be and you're open minded and what the heck we you know try some things. So now it's I'm connecting all of those dots and it's really again it's exciting to have new music. It's exciting for people to like the music. But it's also exciting to build a team of really cool people that have just come into my life.
4: Will you be touring this album?
3: I will next year. We're going to do spot dates. I've done a lot of touring over the years. Um, so on this one, I want to make it a little more special. I call it zhuzhing up a little bit, the production. So we're going to zhuzh a little bit and go to selective theaters where I think it really will be a special event. So a little less dates, but a little more bang for your buck if you will
4: do that uh david gilmore did massey hall for example for five nights in a row seating 2800 people i I think so the sound was spectacular but the audience was was modest
3: it's an experience and and that's i think you know we've toured a little bit on shadows before it came out a couple years ago because we thought we were releasing it and i pulled it back just wasn't the right time now is the right time but again we have some really cool things working with this expanded team team tiff that I've been gifted uh through you know again through chaos and pay you know pandemic mode and everything some gems did come through and these people are artists and they want to do some things that I've never done before so yeah, let's do it. I'm open minded now.
4: Team Tiff comes to Indy. Please let Andy know. I'd love to hear.
3: For sure, definitely. I we're gonna start popping up dates. I know, you know, by the end of the year. And uh, right now, we're just living the music and getting the word out. And we've got a special um, album release party, December fourth, in New Jersey, in Dover, New Jersey. So I'm getting all ready for that and celebrating, celebrating the music.
1: Are you going to play the entire record?
3: We're not going to play the entire record. It's an acoustic event. So we're going to do six cuts off of off of that. Of course, when we go into full bad mode, then yeah, we've got to we've got to up the stakes. Those ballads are going to be something.
4: <laughs> do you have the string arrangements covered? By your keyboard player or players?
3: They sure will be covered. I mean, you know, it's again now going into production mode for the Shadows tour and for these, you know, special shows. It is really celebrating the album and making all of the highs and lows make sense, if you will, and having to make, you know, so I'm working with people now to kind of go, well, this is my wish list, but how do we make this a, a fluid event? Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, yeah, expanding the team production on that one and getting some good advice because I want people, if I want it to be a show, of course, we're great musicians, we play live and there'll be that element as well. But you know, this, I'd like to have some screens and some, you know, some reflection a little bit and some fun, some pow on this.
2: Yeah. The record deserves it for sure. Yeah. We got to ask about the cooking stuff. So obviously this new record was heavily influenced by, uh, by your cooking, which, is very rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds awesome. Hey, right? I'm
1: going to be in Nashville playing the Ryman next year
2: if you're in town.
3: Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, D- Dane's like, bring that pot roast over.
3: I'm going <laughs> to cater. Come on. I'll bring it.
2: I- I'll belly up. <laughs> I'll be
1: ready for some home cooking.
3: <laughs> but, well, you, you have to in the South. You have to bring a dish and you have to feed people. But I come from that anyway. Uh, my background is Lebanese on my dad's side. I was born in L.A., in East L.A., where it's all about Mexican food and, you know, food, 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 food. The other side of my family is mostly German, uh, but they were raised in Oklahoma, so southern food. And now I live in Nashville. So, you know, it's been ingrained in me. But really, I started cooking for my family when I was doing my early travels. And people would go, what's Thailand like? And I go well. Let me go to the grocery store and try to create. I don't know what lemongrass is like in Norwalk, California, and it kind of connected the dots for people. And that was me, exp- you know, telling people about these different adventures. So that's kind of what I do with my food. I go around the world, work with chefs, uh, mom and pop places, and then do a take on my take on these wonderful recipes.
4: Well, I've got to have your pizza recipe. I'm a big fan of all of I love koutineska and things like that, you know?
3: Definitely. Well, yes, I mean, my family, so we inherited, I was already making pizza on the grill. And then my sister now engaged to a guy who's been chewing pizza every Friday, and I do mean every Friday, whether it's by himself or now for our family. And now we've collaborated together. Uh, he's been doing it pizza every Friday, and his recipes and mine we're having a good time collaborating together. So, I will shoot you some recipes for sure. Oh, that sounds good! (laughs) Absolutely, Mm. you gotta have my champagne chicken one. It's oh,
1: I want Mm. that. God, (laughs) (laughs) it sounds great. (laughs) I'm getting hungry.
2: I'll tell you what. Yes,
3: we're having fun, and I really, you know, I'm gonna be doing like food and music events for shadows acoustically. Um, because, you know, we can, and it's the people want to celebrate a good night out. You know, they want to have it all. So we'll be doing some acoustic stuff as well as the bet, the big band stuff. When we go out on the road, of course, we'll have Scott Coogan and Johnny Martin with me and, you know, the guys from LA guns. So that's awesome. And they bring it every night. So yeah, I have a lot to rise to every night. <laughs>
1: Are those the guys on the record?
3: Those are the guys that played on the Rival son, Sons song, uh, "Keep On Swinging." We were at Sunset Town, and we invited Johnny and and Scott to play on, and then Ace John Ron Johnson came on, and then Tracy uh, Guns heard it, and wanted to be on it, so he's playing slide on it. So now I have all of LA, Guns, which I'm thrilled. That was like the, the topper for me. Fantastic.
4: Do You cater your gallery shows.
3: I can. We cater whatever I can. I have food events now that I am being booked with celebrity chefs. Um, so my appetizers go out, or we do my rocktails, which are my cocktails, and I host the evening. Uh, and it is more of a foodie event. You get a little bit of music with it, but it really is. Yeah, the people are eating my food. Finally, now it's fantastic. What's your food show going? What's my food show going to be about? Hopefully, traveling. Because I got to keep rocking the live element of everywhere I go, so you know, I mean, that's kind of what I'm doing already on the cooking club. Let's food with Tiffany. They get to see the good, the bad, the ugly. We we do Airbnb zooms. I do cooking classes with them. They get my recipes online all the time. But sometimes. You know, it goes awry and I'm cooking in a hotel and I have to make do. And it's, uh, you know, it's a heating plate, Uh, but we still do good food. Uh, So it's a little bit of Lucille ball in there, uh, but it's a good time and it's still good food.
2: Cooking gone awry with Tiffany. That sounds. That sounds awesome. Speaking of, speaking of gone awry. So your old rivalry with Debbie Gibson, I know you guys are friends now. So tell, tell us about that. I mean, your, your relationship with her. I know you've done some stuff with her, right? You guys do a movie, right? Well, we have done, yeah, a few things together,
3: but we did our crazy sci-fi adventures together, which I love. Uh, I want to do more of those next year. So that's in the making. Uh so hopefully that will happen. I, cause I'm just a sci-fi girl. I love it. And it's a lot of fun. But with Deb and I, we never weren't friends. We just really didn't know each other. I'm West Coast, she's East Coast. Then when we became popular, it wasn't we didn't have time to hang out. It was like, hi, hi, throw together, take a picture. Okay, that's it. Scene chatting. And then the story would say, you know, Debbie and Tiffany. Seen chatting somewhere and arguing or something, so, you know. <laughs> no, I was like, of
1: course, right? right. She <laughs> said
3: this place had really good pizza. That's all she said. I'm gonna love this hotel. It wasn't that good, <laughs> like, you know. But that's how it goes. And now we really are friends. We laugh at that, but we're so different as people. But that's what makes us, um, you know, like a perfect duo. You know, people feel sometimes they have to pick between Deb and Tiff but they don't. We're, we really are the light in the dark, which is okay. Um, and we respect each other and we do, you know, we care for each other. We're, we're girlfriends.
2: Who's darker?
3: Oh, I'm definitely the darker job.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. You got LA. you got LA guns playing on your new record. I mean, you know, come on. <laughs> yeah.
3: I've always been this person though. I mean, I, you know, yeah, it's always been that way. I did. I came from a different upbringing I had a different way that I got into the music industry. Deb, you know, was more celebrated with her family. My music was, you know, my family loved them, but it caused a lot of problems. I mean, there was a lot of like, you know, alcoholic issues and they didn't know anything about stardom or any prep. And then that just kind of magnified the issues. So I kind of right off the bat always had the light and the dark of being a celebrity.
1: In the 80s. You know yeah. That. And being 14 years old.
3: From, you know, from your own, like your own home. So, you know, the road became my what I knew more than being at home. When I was home, I kind of withered because the same family problems that had nothing to do with me because I was a teenager, I couldn't solve them. I still was underneath all of that. So it wasn't Tiffany at home, if you will, it was more hiding and arguing and family crazy and in sadness. And then all of a sudden I go back out on the road and I'm Tiffany. So Deb and I had different experiences, but that's okay. You know,
1: you were probably loved being out on the road. <laughs> Let me get back out there to that. And there's something to be said about, I mean, I've, I've spent a lot of my life on the road too. And if you're out for three weeks and you come back home, you're, you you kind of expect people to still take care of you for a few days you know my wife doesn't care for that it's like really I don't think so <laughs> take the trash out now pal let's get let's get going but it's like you're taking care you know you, your food is done for you this that my drums are set up for me here's your laundry you know you get back home and it's kind of a slap back into reality for us a I, bit. well I mean
3: yeah I, for me it was you know the sayings that you have on the road the family that you have you know just the, the, it becomes your routine, and then you go home and nobody understands that. And for a teenager, that was a lot like abandonment, you know, and again, not having a home that I could go back and just rest or be supported in kind of felt even more abandonment. So yeah, I think those that's, you know, why it's like, well, were you the dark child? I probably was, I was dealing with reality, but there's a lot of people out there that that's why they like my music. That's why they, you know, they felt they could talk to me or open up to me because they were too going through, you know, dysfunction or families that you love, but it's not so great and there, you can't change it, you know? So I think that's been always the bond with a lot of my fans and I wouldn't change that. You know, now I think again, we're, you know, writing music, even now people come up to me in the biggest, compliment is i love your song and i think they're gonna say i think we're low now and they say pieces of me or something i just i beam i'm like i wrote that that's cool all right you know and i kind of dork out
1: by the way that's a great album and a a great song really great lyrics on that very point
3: i you know i beam as a songwriter that's really one of my my favorite things now that people see that i'm growing and that you know that i am a hopefully good songwriter and hope to get better.
1: Well, I mean, I feel like you're doing the best work you've ever done last few years. So 35 years in the music biz, how many people could say that, that they're doing their finest stuff 35 years on. So kudos to you. Keep it up.
3: Awesome. Still rocking. It. It's the coffee, man.
4: <laughs> when you were coming up as a young musician, um, who were your go-to people? Uh, what were the records you were listening to? What were the female voices that were pulling you and, and, inspiring you
3: well you pretty much you know nailed it from the beginning stevie and wilson uh these are the women that i was the pat benatar of course uh emmy Lou harris uh you know a tammy Wynette because i started on country music so there was a lot of female singers there Lacey J. dalton um so you know these are the people that and of course barbara streisand I was also listening to Jody Mitchell, even when I was young, I got a Joni Mitchell whiffed for somewhere to somebody was at my house. And I asked what that was. And I was allowed to listen to music in the den, as long as I didn't scratch the albums then. Uh, and I, I remember writing down poetry and just trying to be a writer. So these have always been my influences, of course, Bob Dylan, and, you know, kind of folky, kind of country, kind of rock and roll, a little bit of all of that. And of course, at the high school it was Led Zeppelin and all the rock bands and um and then you know I did the, I did I think We're Alone out of somehow it was like I was put in just the pop world and it took a long time to, for people to even know that I could really sing so we're still just accomplishing now.
2: <laughs> you
4: didn't mention the Beatles and when I listen to your ballads, there's there's sort of a a a nod to the Beatles to the chord progressions and the these the emotion.
3: Um, of some definitely. Of- I would probably say that's more Mark Alberici, my producer, um, because he, you know, obviously the an English and, and we both love the Beatles, definitely. Um, but, you know, I yeah, he worked real hard to, like, make it not um, predictable. If I was going to do a ballad on these, my that was the one thing I said. I go, you know, look, we're not going to do like rock songs and then have these big ballads. It, it, that doesn't work. For, I don't even want to do a show like that. That's just too stop and start for me. I already have that with a lot of putting the older stuff in and making that special, but not, again, all these different blocks, you know?
1: Making it fit with the other Yeah, make it fit with the other stuff.
3: Yeah. So he, was, he had his work cut out for him to put some ballads on there. And I think he did a stellar job. And again, I would walk in and hear this music and walk away and just, it, it, I don't know, it's like a magical place. I'm sure it's Rockfield influence as well because there is a vibe there, if you will. I do believe in that, but I just heard lyrics. I just would hear the emotion what he would play would just come out of me, these words. It was very it was very um, organic, spiritual, if you will, and, 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 and therapeutic. So I just followed his lead on the music, really.
4: I, I have friends and clients who've spent quite a bit of time in Rockfield. And I'm curious to know how that was your choice.
3: Well, that was, again, Mark, my producer. Um, he, he was he was kind of like, look, you know, there's some great studios. We can pick some. But this studio, let me give you some examples. And I, I picked uh, Rockfield. Uh, it, I thought it would be a great experience. I've never had the residential experience. Um, I didn't, I, we wanted to record pieces and be more like a band sound where everybody played in the same room. And, and I felt that that was the way for me to go. Although I'm a solo artist, I needed that sound as a band, if you will, to be convincing for this new journey. If you, you know, to break ground, it wasn't all about just let me show you the flash of Tiffany or the gimmick. This was no. I'm a real, valid musician. Here's the story: working with great people and and living my 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 craft and loving that I'm part of this, you know, musician community. I'm proud of who I am and hopefully doing great music and learning. So yeah, that I mean that once I got to Rockfield, I was like addicted. That was it. I don't want to ride any other way. <laughs> I'm spoiled now.
2: Have you seen the movie, the, the Rockfield movie?
3: We, I have yeah and I made this I made this shirt too. there's merch. so go get the merch everybody but my name is on there and I'm with all these amazing
2: people. I saw your name on on the, on the in the very end when they did the credits by the different years or the different decades or whatever It's
3: just I mean again, I'm a fan. I'm still a fan of music. there's so many people that influence me. I used to be so embarrassed as a kid because I literally would have my girlfriend go to the record store and I'd be like, go buy all this stuff for me. Why? She'd be getting mad at me. Why? And I'd be like, because it's like Barbra Streisand and Ozzy and like Bob Dylan and then, you know, ACDC. There, you have to be something in high school. It's so not cool. Uh, and she would be so annoyed. But that that's what I was used to. I was just awesome to music. And I love music. And I think, you know, I still am that way. I want to learn from everybody. I want to collaborate and I want to tour and just have fun being. You know being a musician
2: well you're doing a great job with it absolutely and congrats again on the new record is there anything else our, our listeners should know that you have coming up
3: sniffinghtears.com everybody go there that's all things the world gosh my radical on online boutique and all different adventures that we're going to have for the tour of the making of and um, you know all the merch and all the jazz so like i said shooting it up and am excited Thank you guys for
2: your time. Congrats again on the music. It was great to connect with you. We'll keep judging it. Thank
3: you guys so much. Oh,
0: yeah. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.